three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Restoring Human Podcast. Did I, do I normally say episode before that? Whatever. Episode six, Restoring Human Podcast, brought to you by Great River Family Chiropractic. I am Jarek Bakken. I'm Dr. Alex Arguello. I completely botched the intro, but we're just going to roll with it. Uh, <clears throat> we are actually on site at Great River Family Chiropractic, if you can see the giant letters over there, if you're watching the video. Um, and today, we're talking about education. So we're going to dive in deep with, um, honestly, this is going to be hopefully really helpful and really practical for people. Diving into some of the resources that we use to continue education, but since we're here, since we're sponsored by Great River Family Chiropractic, Alex, why don't you tell us about some of the education that you do as a part of your office and your practice? Yeah, so education is really important to us here. It's one of our core values um, that we're wanting to provide to our patients and, and even the community. So I tried to, I mean, I started off doing a lot more educational events when I first started, and we have um, we don't do as many now, but at least once every six weeks, we do some sort of educational seminar. So whether that's just on nutrition specifically or exercise, um, we've even gotten specific where I've talked about how to prevent heart disease, how to, how to um, have a best chance at preventing cancer, how to look at diabetes, all of those type of things, um, down to detox, just, you know, a variety of, of things that, that play into to lifestyle. So um, we either have them at the office or we go to another venue. Um, sometimes it's, there's a dinner involved. Um, sometimes they're three hours long. Sometimes they're 45 minutes long. Um, we try to do it every which way. Um, whatever's going to be most effective to communicating our message to people. So, yeah. Yeah. So besides being able to get your free consultation, uh, if you go to greatriverfamilychiropractic.com slash restoring human, uh, being a part of the, and really you don't even have to be a part of the office. If, even if you don't come receive care here, uh, Alex puts on these really great um, educational events that anybody is welcome to. Yeah. Um, and I can say from experience that I've attended a number of them and yeah, that's, it's super helpful, very, uh, detailed and more narrow topics and stuff. We've kind of been pretty lofty here. So yeah, like him on Facebook, the page, you'll get all the info on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we do have our next one will be, um, in a couple of weeks where we could be doing a dinner, um, again, outside of the office. So that's something you can be looking for on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So education, not talking about, you know, schooling and that type of thing, but we understand that people are learners. Uh, mm -hmm. We learn no matter whether we're trying to or not, just how we kind of take in our environment we adapt to things and it, it's just a part of who we are as beings as humans um so today we're going to be talking about uh kind of how that applies to us when we're thinking about health i guess yeah and like we referenced i think it was last week maybe the week before um 
we've kind of gotten away from this, I guess, always educating ourselves and, and remembering that we are learners. Um, and remembering just kind of one of the basic human needs is growth. So we're always wanting to grow. It's just kind of inherent in us. And, uh, for some reason, when it's come to health, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and our health care, we have kind of given that responsibility to, to experts and, um, who of course are well-educated, um, formally educated, I guess, but like we talked about last week, how a big part of healthcare is stuff that we need to be doing on our own. And if we're going to do that, then we need to take responsibility for that. And when it gets to that emergency type situation, and now we give that responsibility to somebody who is more knowledgeable sure. about that particular thing, but we can prevent a lot of that stuff from happening if we're educated ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So like that line is there where we, you know, obviously we're going to experience things that are outside of our reign of knowledge. I think there's kind of two degrees of that. So on one hand, we're going to be talking about like some proactive things you can be doing to, you know, further education. Um, But as well as, so like kind of this first tier of maybe some places for you to go in a maybe lower level emergency, you'd say, at least I, I, I know I can speak to those types of situations, but then mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there is still that level where <laughs> you need to seek help way beyond what you understand. Yeah. Um, but like you're kind of describing what's become pretty normal is, uh, we don't feel like we are able to make our own decisions when it comes to a majority of our health and we need somebody much superior than us to make those decisions for us. And I think what we're trying to say is we kind of just disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we would, um, I mean, maybe disagreeing is not necessarily the right word. It's just what we're trying to say is, that we, we just have to take responsibility. Like we sure. should be ongoing on an ongoing basis, educating ourselves instead of just reacting to things. Right. So, yeah. you know, if knowing that there's a time when you or yourself is going to get a cold or potentially, um, deal with the flu, like being proactive about that and saying, okay, well, since this is probably going to happen now, I need to figure out what I can do to not only prevent that, but even if it happens, Instead of, again, running to somewhere um, because we don't know what to do, can you educate yourself on what to, what to actually do? Um, because, like we talked about last week, it's just when you go to our current healthcare system and deal with things the way that they do, um, it's just tough to navigate those waters of, did I really need to be there? Do I really need to do what they're recommending? Mm-hmm. Um so you've kind of just, I guess, set yourself up for a difficult situation if you're not educated. Yeah. So, and then part of being educated, you're going to have a better idea of when to go, right? When it is yeah. the right time to go, which is, of course, what we want also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, well, I guess we would disagree with just not caring about your health or not being educated about your health. And then when something happens, reacting to it. Um we just, yeah, we think we could be more proactive with that. And a lot of that, a lot of that is tied into 
what we've said as far as what normal is and how normal has become like something that's not good for us. And so it's, it's required all this other stuff to take place. Uh, oh, buzz. When do you think like that shift happened? So we can see where normal, you know, has not, has become not beneficial, but like health professionals haven't existed forever. And people have lived for a long time, like understanding what they need to do to survive. Do you feel like there's kind of a distinct place where that shift happened to where people feel just unempowered? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's been a, that, that I can at least think of right now. There's been a distinct shift. I mean, I do think there's always been people that I guess have had a focus in healthcare. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, even way back to Hippocrates, who they say was the father of, of medicine. Um, you know, all doctors take the Hippocratic oath when they, when they graduate from, from uh, medical school or chiropractic school. And, um, so there, there was people that were focused on how to take a, a person who's, who was in a sick position and, and get them well again. Um, but I think just at, again, like we've always talked about this industrial, that when we became industrialized, super industrialized is when more and more health issues started to happen, um, which they were, we were dealing with things that people hadn't dealt with for thousands of years. So now we're like, okay, we need to get some people studying what's happening with the body. So then that's when you have all these doctors that are specializing in things and saying, I know everything there is to know about the kidneys. I know everything there is to know about the pancreas. And, and it's just, instead of this kind of general knowledge of what's healthy and how to get somebody back to that state is, Mm -hmm. I know everything that could go wrong with this particular part of the body. And here's how you actually address that particular part of the body. So I don't, I guess I don't know when that happened. I would say it's happened maybe in the last couple hundred years where we've got, we've went that direction. Um, and, and so we've had some forms of healthcare, but it's just gotten more and more sophisticated, more and more formal. And, uh, as that happens now, people have gotten less and less educated themselves on, on how they can stay healthy. Yeah. What is kind of cool to point out though, is while that industrialization may be a source uh, of a fair amount of problems and issues that have come up. It has also become basically one of the greatest solutions to that problem in the fact that we have so much access to information now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we want to go for the rest of this episode is really helping, uh, I don't know, give a little direction to people, to you, imaginary people out there, uh, where to look, where to go, places that we go, um, resources that we use to do exactly what we're talking about. Right. You know, since I guess the past 10 years where I've been, paying attention to, to health and, and how to get somebody healthy. Of course, I've had to learn from, from other people. And there's been a lot of people who have really have been doing what we're trying to do. We see that we have this knowledge that we know people need. 
Um, so we're trying to get that to them in the best way possible. There's been other people that have, that have done that. Um, so they've, whether they've written a book or they've started a website or they started a blog or they've done a podcast of their own, there are lots of people that, uh, are getting very good information out there. Um, yeah. And I guess just to speak to what you were just talking about, um, specifically the internet has allowed us to have access to all of this forms of education so that we can learn, but it's also some murky waters out there, right? Sure. It's also right. difficult to know what is correct. So I guess that's kind of what we're wanting to do today is we want to share with you some people that we've learned from that are in um, pretty close alignment to what the message that we're trying to give. Um, so as we're trying to educate people and we're learning ourselves and we're communicating this message to people, um, they can start to use some of these other resources. Yeah. Direction is important because any two ding-dongs with some microphones and a computer could put some information on the internet. Yes. <laughs> but I think there's a, some you said there that I have found really refreshing in that like you're a doctor, but pretty much every week, you know, I hear something new that you're learning, like this first book sitting on top here. I know Alex is reading that because he's told me about, you know, 20 different things in the first third of the book that he's made his way through. Like right. that's, that's definitely super refreshing for me not being super educated. Yeah. And what's crazy about, so of course I've been formally educated specifically on healthcare um, and these experts that we keep talking about people go to for their information, they've been formally educated on healthcare. But if you actually were to look at how that whole process works, like things that maybe have been shown um, in research like 50 years ago to be correct, like that doesn't get to the public again for for 50 some years mm -hmm. because it has to go through all this stuff of people retesting it and retesting it. Um, so like the books that, that I'm reading, there's why I'm learning new stuff and why I didn't necessarily learn this in my education is because of course there's always new stuff happening, but there's also things that have maybe happened a really long time ago, but it's just now coming out because clinicians that have been doing these things and seeing how they've, how it's helped people, that's the information that's, I guess, quickly getting out there. Yeah. Um, the stuff that's coming from research and all that, of course we have some of that, but that just takes a lot longer. So what people are learning in medical schools and their medical textbooks, that's a very old information. Right. Fortunately. Oh yeah. Especially the amount of time that it takes to get printed in a book. Right. Right. Have you noticed even over the past 10 years, uh, an increase in speed of a lot of these things, like specifically because of the speed of the internet? Yeah, absolutely. I think people, well, because again, even if somebody is a clinician and they are um, using this with their patients, you, you know, lifestyle, I guess, if we just focus there instead kind of moving away from that treatment model to a lifestyle model and they're seeing how it works, even if they were just to give us that information in a book, you know, that would still take a long time. Yeah. And the book's not going to get to as many people as, you know, now somebody could just find something that's working and then do a podcast on it immediately or do a Facebook live thing on it immediately. So, yeah. um, yes, information is, 
is coming out very quickly now. You know, of course, there has to be, when it's coming out that quickly, you kind of have to give that caveat of, well, this has just been shown in, in smaller groups of people and, and just clinical experience. There's not this huge research study on it. Um, but again, that stuff just takes too long to actually get to the point mm-hmm. where it's effective and, and able to be practical for people. So I, I even prefer, because if it's alignment in alignment with, with the principles that I know to be true um, from my education, if there's new stuff that are in, in alignment there, then of course I like that information better than something that's going to take years to, to actually get to people. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's probably given a voice to people doing those things that wouldn't have necessarily otherwise had an outlet for that, you know? Yeah. Like, like you as somebody who is treating people every day, like, there's that that uh, element of practicality of like dealing with real people that you don't necessarily get in like a research environment i think right and for you to have the ability to you know not necessarily just you but anybody to have the ability to take that and like tell the world about hey i did this thing and it is crazy the results that happen from it or you know whatever it may be yeah and again we we want to be able to bring information that's backed by good research but one of the other things that we're i guess we continue to go back to with this restoring human thing is is not necessarily based on research it's just based on history yeah like if people have lived a certain way for so long and 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 they weren't unhealthy they didn't have all the issues that we deal with now then I guess just common sense says if we lived closer to that, you know, now there can be some research Nazis out there that would say, you can't say that. But again, who cares? Because I've seen it work with people. I've yeah. seen the res- the benefits that people have mm-hmm. just because it hasn't been shown in some, you know, scientific paper somewhere exactly what we're saying. Um, I guess what we're saying is there's, there's so many more forms of education than just being formally educated so that you can get a piece of paper that says you're an expert in it. Yeah. You don't necessarily need that to figure out how to live the lifestyle that is the best way to live for, for a human being to be healthy. For sure. Cool. You got a stack of books here. Where you want to start? Well, I don't know. <laughs> There's so much here. I would say, so when, when we talk about, cause we've talked a lot about food, right? And just eating, what we feel like is the the human, the kind of natural human diet. Yep. Um, there's three different books here that I kind of all say the same thing, um, that they're eating this diet, and they label them in a way maybe that I wouldn't label them, um, but this first one is how that particular diet and its positive effects on preventing and even reversing cancer. Mm-hmm. This next one is preventing and reversing um Alzheimer's. So it's called the brain maker. Um, and then this next one here is specific to heart disease. So three big things, right? Um, you know, the, the heart disease, the cancers, Alzheimer's, the brain type issues, neurological problems, all three of them are recommending a similar type nutri- form of nutrition. Um, and it's speaking to three different things. So again, that's just right in alignment with what we teach people, right? We're not, this podcast isn't about how to 
prevent cancer or how to prevent heart disease. Right. It's about we feel like this is the way a human was supposed to live to be healthy and thrive. If you're healthy and thriving, then you're going to avoid these things mm-hmm. um, or you're going to have a less, at least a, a lot better chance of avoiding these things. So these are three great resources. Do you want to? Yeah, what want are those? So this first one, <clears throat> excuse me, is called Brain Maker. It was written by a, a board certified neurologist named Dr. David Perlmutter. Um, he's got another one called Grain Brain. He likes the brain being a neurologist, so he writes a lot about that. Um, he also has a website, just drdavidperlmutter.com. This one is called Tripping Over the Truth. I think everybody should read this. This is um, based off a book called Cancer is a Metabolic Disease, and that book's like $300. Mm-hmm. It's a textbook type thing. It's you know, enormous. This guy basically took that. Probably less fun to read. A lot less fun to read. This guy took that and, and just made it his own. Um, so this is a great one to read. Travis Christofferson. I think he was some you know journalist or something like that. So a lot easier to read than you know, than a textbook. Yeah. So that's that. And then this one's Good Calories, Bad Calories by Gary Tabas, um, which a lot of people know in the CrossFit yeah. world. Um, so yeah, that's three resources right there, just books that you can actually read. Um, I'm not sure if these, I don't think these two guys have any specific websites that you could go to, but this David Perlmutter, he has interviews, he's got blog posts, all that stuff. And I'm going to link all of this stuff in like YouTube and other places. So don't feel like you got to catch all that. Um, So those are examples of really, specific ways to use nutrition to fight disease. Um, I definitely want to draw attention to some more general things that we definitely think line up. So things like the whole 30, you know, um, much more popular things. A lot of people probably know about it, but I know a lot of people have no idea what that is. Um, but then also people like, um, Rob Wolf in the paleo stuff and Mark uh, Sisson? Sisson with the primal. Like there's a lot of people who uh, hold similar philosophies when it comes to food and just eating real food and have done uh, a lot of deep work in the specific category of nutrition. Yeah, those are all, those are all great. And <clears throat> again, they may be communicated in a way that, that I wouldn't necessarily communicate it in. Sure. Um, but if you can filter through that, like the, the, I guess that we get to the same place. Right. Um, Right. So yeah, those would all be, those would all be great resources. And I guess just to, to speak to other benefits of this, of course, you know, we want to you to be educated because we feel like it's important. It's just in alignment with who we are as, as learners and, and people are just kind of inherent for us to grow. So it's a great place to focus that energy to, but one of the biggest things that I see in people that I'm trying to help take from a place where they're very unhealthy and they have to kind of stick to, I guess, a plan um, to be able to get to a point where now it's become a habit, where now they can just have this lifestyle instead of it being just like a diet that they're on. Right. Um, One of the biggest things that keeps them there is if they're always educating themselves. So if, if they just came to a seminar of mine and I taught them a nutrition um, plan, or if I said this, this is exercise and why you should do it, that might help them for maybe 30 days or something. Sure. But the people that are constantly 
asking me questions or reading my stuff or listening to these type of things or reading the books that I've read, those are the people that, that are just seeing amazing results. That's a really good point to make. So, yeah, I think that, that that's another reason why we want to do this. Of course, we think it's just important in general if you want to live a healthy lifestyle. But even if you're like, okay, I hear what you're saying and I want to do that stuff, but I just can't get myself, I can't keep myself motivated. Um, of course, there's a lot that goes into that that hopefully we'll get to at some point. But just even that fact of just always be educating yourself mm-hmm. um, and that'll keep you focused, I think, and it'll just help you, you know, continue to down that journey yeah i mean i like i'm prime example of that i this whole world of health that i've found myself in now uh started because i was doing a 30 day month long weight loss challenge and plenty of people do those things plenty of people have great success with that type of thing but i would agree like i kind of tasted it and then continued to you know I, I i wanted to find out more i like experienced a little bit and realized that okay there's a lot more here and i have barely made a dent in what i know is out there yeah yeah so again i guess i just would um re-emphasize that if this is a struggle that you have of have maybe you've tried to change your lifestyle um, as you're looking for other things to keep you inspired, keep you motivated. Well, if you even just forgot about motivation and inspiration and just read things, when your brain focuses on that type of stuff, you're you're just you're going to have a higher chance of sticking to something like that. So, yeah. And that could just be as easy as listening to something like this every day or reading an article every day. You don't have to read, you know, all these books. Sure. Um, yeah, truth. I, I don't, I don't read books. I listen to books, but I don't read anything. (laughs) So maybe the last thing we want to touch on here with food is this book you've currently been reading. Mm -hmm. Tell us about it. Well, I guess this is the, this is what I'm reading right now. So it might just be because that's what my, my brain has been focused on, but this is probably the best book on specific nutrition that I've ever read. Um, she says that she has the four pillars of the human diet. So there's plenty of people that are talking about, you know, all the different diets, you know, whether it's a paleo diet is the best way to eat or a a plant-based diet is the best way to eat. Vegans, the best way to eat all those different things, which she doesn't necessarily, um, label anything. She just says, when we look at, um, parts of the world that have these people that are extremely healthy and they're thriving. What are the four things in common? Um, Because all those, all those things that you just kind of rattled off, a lot of them have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot in common. Um, But I think that they still say this is the way to eat. And if you eat a different way, right. And you're wrong. Sure. She's not necessarily saying that. Um, So I guess this is maybe just in, in, the most alignment with what we would we would want to teach yep. um, for people. So let me just find those four things real quick. Um, I think I told you some of them, didn't I? Eating meat off the bone, eating the whole animal, eating fermented That's foods. That's going to weird people out for sure. So oh. you sure we should have went here? Oh, whoops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So where she got this from is there was, uh, again, another reason why I think people should read things like this. And this is also a, a website that you can go to is Weston A. Price. Um, Weston A. Price was a dentist in the early 1900s, I believe. And he just, I guess, had this thought of why are people's teeth so bad? Mm. Um, and does it have anything to do with nutrition and lifestyle? So he went around to see kind of who had the healthiest teeth in the world and then said, okay, well, does this translate to them being healthy people as well? And that's what he found. And he found people that never brushed their teeth and never flossed. They never had cleanings every six months. They never did any of that stuff and their teeth were perfect. Uh-oh. Um, so... I'm not saying don't brush your teeth, <laughs> um, but I'm saying there is a way. Well, what I'm saying there is, even though I think it, that all that stuff is good, that's still a, like an, a reactionary approach, kind of what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. It's uh, There's things that we can be doing with our lifestyle to even prevent, you know, or I guess promote good dental health. And that's more than just avoiding sugar, of course. Okay, I think I got it here. You you uh, started going to school to be a dentist, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. I don't think I would have been promoting what I'm promoting now if I was <laughs> there, so. Um, so yeah, the four pillars are they, they ate meat on the bone. That's so what, as opposed to like a chicken breast or ground beef. Um, they ate fermented and sprouted foods. They ate organ meats and other nasty bits. She has. And then fresh, unadulterated plant and animal products. So, um, all three of so three out of the four, I guess, are saying animal products. That's what these people have had. Yeah. Um, so again, it's not zoning in on just one specific diet. She's just saying so. Whether these people were from South America, whether these people were from Australia, whether these people were from Northern Europe like the healthiest people on the planet that they've studied all eight. Those are the four things that were in common. Um, So she kind of says that that's, that has to be the human diet then. Was this the blue zone thing? I don't know. Is it like, were those the people she was looking at or something similar? Probably something similar. She didn't label it as that. Yeah. 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 So, on top of that, of course, that's what she, that's one thing that you can kind of just take away of the four things. Um, and we're not going to get into any specifics on those, but the, one of the bigger things that I'm getting from her is she just has a great explanation of the whole genetic thing that we, we have referenced in our previous, um, episodes. Sure. Um, she, I guess, breaks it down scientifically how it's not our genes that make us sick or healthy. It's how they get expressed that make us sick or healthy. And one of the biggest things that allows our genes to express in a way that would promote health is the way that we're actually eating. And she takes it even yeah. further than that and says how our lifestyle or our environment that we choose, how that affects our health, but then it also affects generations to come. It affects how our children are going to be the basically the kind of the state that they're in when they come into this earth um, of whether they're going to have a higher chance of being healthy or a higher chance of being sick. And then even 
their kids. There was one study that they found with just smoking. They said if the, when they compared these two groups, if the grandmother smoked, there was a, I think a 1.6 greater chance of, of that child um, having asthma type issues compared to a control group. If the grand, or if the mom smoked, it was a 1.4 greater chance. So the grandmother had a bigger impact on the grandchild than even the mother did. Interesting. But then when they combined them, if the grandma smoked yeah. and the gra- mom smoked, then it was like three times as much. So that's, again, when we think about motivation here, right? Why should we be healthy? Why should we focus on lifestyle? Because this isn't just for us. Right. Right? It is for us, but it, this is for our kids. This is for our grandkids. This is for generations to come. And unfortunately, with this industrialized living that we've had for however many generations it's been, we've got, it's become harder and harder yeah. to be healthy, to start in a healthy state and then just stay there. Mm-hmm. We have to do a lot of work to kind of get back there, but that work might not help you specifically as much as you would like, but it's going to help children. It's going to help your grandchildren. It's going to help great grandchildren. And that's the argument that she's making. Um, and it's a pretty, pretty good argument she's making. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's on my. It's on my audible list. I'm not gonna even pretend to say that I'm gonna read a book that thick, but I'll listen to it. Uh, cool. Anything else on food? So food is de- like as far as categories. Food is obviously gonna be the biggest one that we're gonna dive into because even some of these other guys that we're gonna talk about later, who are a little more like health based like chiropractors and different stuff like that like even food is some of the base stuff that they talk about yeah but. no i mean it's the last thing i would say is so i, I referenced western a price um i guess the the lady that's taken kind of his research and made it into here's how we should here's the food that we should eat here's how we should prepare it and recipes and all that different stuff is is sally fallon um she wrote a great book called nourishing traditions um she writes out of the, a lot of the articles on the western a price um, website. So Sally Fallon Nourishing Traditions is a great resource as well. Cool. Uh, what else you got over there? Um, I got a lot. I don't know. There's some specific stuff that I have here. Uh, this is something that, again, the internet researching, the internet on your own. This is Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. This is just a, an ebook or a PDF that you can look at um, talking about the importance of fever. That's what it says. Mm. So that's back to that, you know, if you have kids and what to do when your kid is dealing with something of helping you make a decision, is this an emergency or not? Yeah. Um, she writes, she was a, um, a DO, you know, she's a, a doctor and she was just a family doctor and she's kind of shifted from, I guess, private practice. I don't know if she's still just private practice or not, but a lot of just internet education and writing books and doing workshops for, for other doctors and clinicians to help them specifically with children's health. So Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is a, a great resource. Um, this is one on childbirth. If you are of childbearing bearing age um, or if you're currently pregnant, this is one of the best resources that you can read. This is Ina May Gaskin. Um, guide to childbirth. Um, of course, she was a an at home uh, or home birth midwife, so it's not necessarily going to you know require you to have a child at home, but it's just guiding you into how to have the most successful 
birth possible. Yeah, my wife read that with our last pregnancy and she loved it. Yeah, so I give it to all pregnant moms. So Alex gave it to her. <laughs> um, yeah, this is another one. This is probably the first book that I read when I started to kind of see that there was different types of healthcare when there's different philosophies on health. So when I seen how kind of the medical community or current healthcare system was different than what I was learning, um, this was the first book recommended to me. It's called Overdosed America, written um, by a medical doctor, a Harvard-trained medical doctor. Hmm. Um, it says, Overdosed America, the broken promise of American medicine, goes through things like Vioxx and Celebrex and, and statin medications and kind of some of the issues with how they, I guess, skew research to, to say that those things are necessary. And um, again, this isn't, we're not recommending that reading a book like this would, you know, be the only thing that you would need to do to make a health decision, a healthcare decision. Still want to be finding good doctors, good experts to help you with this stuff. But this is all stuff that you could be using to, to prepare yourself to make better decisions when it comes to health. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So that's a ton about food. I guess you hit a couple more narrow things there. Uh, some of uh, basically the rest of these people I've got written down here are really more uh, like not necessarily like a lot of them have books and resources and stuff, but they put out tons and tons of content even outside of that stuff. Tons of free content. Yeah. Um, so the first one moving into a little bit of movement uh, and well, he really talks about lots of stuff, movement, sleep, Tons of stuff. His name is Kelly Starrett, and his brand is Mobility Wad. Um, the guy's a physical therapist. He uh, opened one of the first CrossFit gyms, but his whole ideology is that, I mean, similar to kind of some of the stuff we've been saying, there's a big percentage of um, like physical deficiencies when it comes to movement that his kind of goal is to equip the everyday person to be able to manage on their own. So stuff that, you know, people would typically go to physical therapists for, or like feel hindered from because they maybe don't want to go to physical therapists. He's, he has not only tons of resources online, but he's got a number of different books that help, you know, get people to the place where they can manage a lot of things on their own. Yeah. And what I like about his stuff is you can actually watch him doing something yeah, or you yeah. can watch him performing something on somebody else um, instead of just reading in an article and you know, most people are going to read it and not, mm -hmm. not do it. So if you're watching somebody actually in process of doing yeah. it or in his books, he shows pictures. So I was going to say, even in his book, it it's filled with pictures of every single thing he's talking about. Yeah. And he's, he's, Again, what he does is still, I guess, would say I would say reactionary because we've got to a point where we need sure. stuff, stuff like that. But sure. his whole concept, so his book is called Becoming a Supple Leopard. So how most people have to, before they go in and exercise, they have to do all this warming up and mobilizing mm -hmm. and stretching out. And he's saying a leopard just wakes up and yeah. jumps 10 feet on top of whatever it's going to eat. So tight. So oh, that's craziness <laughs> how that, that's the case. So they're just naturally because they move because they live the, in alignment with how they were created. Mm -hmm. Um, they can do that. So he's trying to get people closer to that, um, spot, which again, just right in alignment with what we want to want to do. We might not ever get there where we're perfectly living 
you know, the human lifestyle, but we want to try to move people closer to that. Um, so as far as a movement and making sure your body is moving in a way that it's supposed to, he's, he's a great authority there. Yeah. Yeah. That book, he's got two other ones. One's called desk bound talking about this culture, sitting culture. Uh, and the other one's called ready to run. Running is yeah one of the most primal of movements. Yep. Okay. So I mentioned having kind of a, tiered level of needing to get you know advice from people more educated than us these next couple guys uh are really who i know i go to these places when we're in those type of situations um draaxe.com josh axe this dude has one of the greatest health websites on the planet literally works like google you can go in there type in a symptom and he's probably got an article about it probably also has a video and recommendations of stuff and it that that's one of the best sites for sure yeah he he's hit on pretty much everything that you can actually think of and it's specific like so if you're thinking okay my my kid can't breathe right now mm-hmm. he's probably written an article if your kid can't breathe here's how to get him breathing type stuff and maybe not that specific but for like specific issues he's written so much on it um and he keeps it simple you know like you said you can read it you can listen to it um and then there's people that have commented on it so sometimes even those can be helpful for you so yeah. that's yeah for sure and that, yeah because that's even nice because you search the website and it's also going to search those comments so if it's it might not even be something that he touched on but if somebody asks the question it might literally be the question that you're trying to find an answer for right uh, he also has a really, really good book. Uh, it's called Eat Dirt. And as far as a kind of one piece, one piece of material, one piece of content that really covers a lot of ground and, and kind of an all-encompassing look, that that's a really good one, I think. Have you Did you read that? I haven't read it. Did you just say it covers a lot of ground and it's called <laughs> Eat Dirt, though? <laughs> I did. That was pretty good. Not intentional. Uh, yeah, that one's, that's super good. Yeah, and so him and the next guy that we're going to recommend, one of the reasons that I uh, started recommending them is because they were trained the exact same way that I was. They were both chiropractors. They were in an organization that I was part of. So I know a lot of the stuff that they've learned kind of in a formal way. Um, of course, they've done a lot of more, you know, reading and, and relearning stuff and, and, and as they're dealing with patients, what they've learned in their own clinical experience, they have all that added to that. But um, again, we're trying to give you people that feel like are in alignment with what we would teach, how we would help somebody with health. So Dr. Axe is, is definitely that. And uh, this next guy, Dr. Jockers, is in a, in a similar way. To, he does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I guess as far as his website, it's not as pretty <laughs> as the Axe website um, and easy to use. But uh, I think one of the things with him is he's probably a little more heavy-handed on nutrition, would you say? Yeah. He gets into really detailed stuff, Yeah, and uh, which is good. I mean, especially for people that want to fully understand kind of, I guess, the science behind everything. It's yeah, because I think there's been a few times where I think – my pecking order, I definitely go to draxe.com first. And if I can't find something there, I there have been times where I've gone to him or this third one we have, Mercola, 
Um, and I've been able to find something there. So yeah, it, it is sometimes a little more detailed and deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's had a lot of, um, again, just back to the clinical experience, um, more so maybe, maybe Dr. Axe has had a lot of these, but he just hasn't shared them or I haven't necessarily seen them. But Dr. Jocker's like specific cases of how he's helped people. Yeah. He's either made a video on that or he's written an article about that, or there's some sort of testimonial on his website about it. So, and I, again, I think that that's helpful for people to see, um, where, you know, Dr. Axe, if, you know, the flu or whatever, you'll go and read an article about that. But if you have 10 different symptoms and you want to figure out why is my body in this position or reading something like Dr. Jockers has had where he's had people in a similar situation and how to get out of that. Yeah. That, uh, that can be helpful from his website. Yeah. So then that other one, I already said it, but, uh, Dr. Mercola, is it just Mercola.com? Mercola.com. Yeah. So this dude has been around for quite a while. Yeah. Um, He's got a ton of resources on his website. He actually has a pretty good YouTube channel as well. He does a podcast type thing on there where he interviews different people. Um, But he even has a lot of, well, I guess all these guys do. They have a lot of their own products and stuff. But I guess he's just been around forever. So he has tons and tons of resources. Yeah. I think he was probably the first one to do something like this. Just educating through the internet. Um, so yeah, I guess from a credibility standpoint, he's got the most people listening to him and he's got the, the, I guess the biggest amount of relationships that he's developed with other experts. So he's probably interviewed every other expert that we would recommend. He's, I was going to say, I know that like he has an interview with Kelly Starrett on his show. So he's got all that stuff and, and, uh. Again, it's just a huge website that you could find pretty much anything on. Yeah. He has a new book. Neither of us have read it, but I can't imagine there's much that we wouldn't agree with. And it's called Fat for Fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's phenomenal. I'll probably listen to it. you probably listen to it. <laughs> hammer, hammer that point home. So with specifically Dr. Axe and Dr. Mercola, when we look at these different areas of food, movement, sleep, um, stress management, community, toxicity, um, and how you can, I guess, increase your knowledge in those areas. They're going to have articles that are written on all, all those different things. So, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, again, reading a book about one specific issue, um, you're going to have, you're going to read, I guess, smaller things, listen to things, watch things on all of those different areas. So, yeah, for sure. You got any more books over there you want to talk about? I don't think so. Um, let me try to think. One other person I know I've talked to you about her a little bit. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Um, she has, her brand is called Found My Fitness, I believe. Um, if you want to go a little deeper, it, again, she's a food nut. Um, she's a researcher, cancer researcher, but she's really found this connection between nutrition and cancer um and crazy crazy nerdy uh but she puts out a lot of good content on a podcast and on youtube and stuff um yeah and i mean again if there's somebody that you are listening to or you get your information from and you'd like to ask us about that person we would definitely be happy to mm-hmm. if we don't know them look into what they're saying and, and see if it's in alignment with what we would teach um or if we have we would give you a recommendation there yeah Cool. 
Um, next week, we. This is fun for me. It's gonna be a fun thing for both of us, I think, just to talk about because we're really into it. But we are going to talk about why we do CrossFit. We've talked about movement and all the different ways that, like, just throughout your day and throughout your life, that we want to be incorporating movement because this sedentary lifestyle is obviously not good for us. Um, but we both do something very specific in CrossFit and we believe pretty strongly in it. Um, so we're going to talk about why we do that. Yep, we are. And again, just as we're trying to get closer and closer to living the way humans used to live, um, we know movement is part of that, but because we just don't do it every day like they used to, we have to find something that's going to keep us moving. So I guess that's just kind of a peek into what we're going to talk about of yeah. why we do CrossFit. Or this is something that's kept us in that, of that movement, I guess, addressing this movement part of why, why it's important. Yeah, we'll go a lot deeper there. Cool. All right. Oh, and next, I guess we can talk about it after, after we do next week's episode, but... If you want to come watch Alex and I do some CrossFit, not that you couldn't do that every day, but that's kind of weird. But we're uh, we're competing next next weekend, and we're gonna do some video stuff there. But we'll talk more about that next week. Sweet. Okay. Thank you.